Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hey, guys. Bob Flounders, joined by David Jones. He's having a late breakfast today. It's Tuesday afternoon. It's time for the Blue White Breakdown podcast, Penn Live's Penn State football podcast. Not a lot going on with the 2022 team. They're undergoing winter conditioning right now. Spring practice is still a a little bit away. Their signing day in February is still a couple weeks out. But we can certainly talk about the Penn Staters in the playoffs. What a crazy weekend. Dave's going to talk a little bit about Penn State basketball. They're finally getting to play some games, I think. Is that true, Dave, or are they not, are they not playing games? Well, they're, they're not a problem now. It was uh, the last game. It was Minnesota that was a problem. And then yeah. they did play at Iowa. So, yeah, Lundy's back. Um, okay. They're at Indiana next. Uh, yeah, and, and Indiana just got, just got blitzed, just got destroyed by Michigan, of all teams, by 18 points. So, I don't know. I mean, you could say that Indiana's out out for blood or something, except I just don't think much of, of Indiana. I think they're kind of uh, – you trace Jackson Davis and, and that team. They, they, they don't have any of the stuff that their coach used to have with Bob Knight's teams, you know, Mike Woodson. That those were tough teams who would beat you up, and this kind of these these guys, I don't know if they have retribution in their blood, is what I'm telling you. So, I just think it's going to be ugly both ways. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I blame all the bad stuff that involved involved with Minnesota. I just blame it all on PJ Fleck. Whatever something goes wrong, hey, I just debate. No, actual, actually, we were talking about this today. Is the fiftieth anniversary of. The race riot brawl between Ohio State and Minnesota. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I have not heard of that. You haven't heard of it? No. So this would be 1972? In the barn, January 25th, 72, which was in an, unlike anything anyone had ever seen. I was watching it uh, as a 14-year-old on TV in Columbus, Ohio, on WLWC. It was 50 to 44, and it was the battle between... Uh, Ron B. Hagen, Corky Taylor, uh, Dave Winfield was on that Minnesota team. I remember he was a great athlete at Minnesota. Yeah, it was it was a uh, battle royale. It was a, it was a showdown for the lead in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State had come within a smidgen of of um, making the Final Four the year before, uh, but lost to Western Kentucky. So they were the favorites in the league that year. They were playing great. Uh, there was like 34 seconds left in the game, and it was pretty apparent Minnesota was going to lose. I can't believe you, you really haven't heard about this, right? You I have not heard, heard about it. I, okay. was, I was just turning the corner. And I was seven. I was still focused still focused on Dallas and Roger Staubach at this okay. time. Okay, well, this, the, nothing's happened. It was the cover of Sports Illustrated. Nothing has happened okay. like this before or since in any sporting event. Um, it's at Minnesota, the old barn they still use now. Uh, Bill Muscle, Bill Musselman, Eric Musselman's father, is the Minnesota coach, and he had ratcheted the place up. They had a real 
frenzied crowd, and things turned really sour when Luke Witte was fouled, the uh, Ohio State center who went on and had a, a short career with the Cleveland Cavaliers, fouled hard and knocked to the floor. Uh, Minnesota player Corky Taylor extended his hand, pulled him, pulled him up in what looked like a good sportsmanship um, offering, and then kneed him in the groin pro as wrestling hard as move. he could. A pro wrestling move. Yeah, well, it was nasty, man. And yeah. then all hell broke loose. Uh, Ron B. Hagen stomped Woody Witty on the head, uh, sent him to the hospital. He had a concussion and people were chasing other people all over the court. Yikes. And it, it, it definitely had racial implications because most of the Minnesota team was black. Most of the Ohio state team was white. Um, they suspended uh, Corky Taylor and Ron B. Hagen uh, for the rest of the season, but that was it. And the big 10 has never had an incident like that before or since it was 50 years ago today, Minnesota has always been kind of the sleazy, uh, brother in the Big Ten as far as basketball. You're talking about Jim Dutcher, uh, Clem Haskins, Musselman, uh, removed under shady circumstance. Uh, who was that AD that was, uh, what was he doing that was removed? About oh, yeah. 10, I think there was some years ago. inappropriate stuff going on yes, there. Yes, yeah. with, with a secretary or something. Right. Um, the whole Tracy Clays thing when they were out in uh, at the bowl game against Washington State, It's it's been... A, a nonstop Donnie Brook with these guys, and who yep. knows about Richard Patino? He was just removed. <laughs> he always looked like an oily bastard, didn't he, Richard? Oh, Patino? you're just you're just got, you got the blame thrower out today. Baby. <laughs> you were 14 years old in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, okay. yes, and I and you. I mean, you could not believe what you were seeing on TV. This was on television, and Winfield was chasing a guard around the court. And and caught him and threw him into the uh, stands. It was it was a debacle, man. It was a big, big, big yeah. deal. And I think about twenty years ago, um, Witty Luke Witty became a pastor, and he was visited by I think Corky Taylor and Ron B Hagen, who who came to apologize to him after thirty years. And there was a, a long I think it was a Sports Illustrated story about that. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful, beautiful story. And, and uh, Witty accepted their apology and, and became friends with these guys who to need him in the groin and stomped on his head and sent him to the hospital. Thank God nothing like that ever happened again. I, I, I really you can't think of anything that's happened in sports like it before or since. Didn't Leitner step on somebody's head once? Maybe not. Yeah, but that was a love tap compared to this. Uh, That was that was the game. Leitner, I'm just saying. Whenever I get a chance to take a shot at Christian Leitner, I'm going to take it. That was the Kentucky game that I was at at the Spectrum. The greatest game ever played is what they call it, and uh, that was 30 years ago this spring. We're getting there. Yeah. Speaking of debacles, let's discuss my Super Bowl bet on the Buffalo Bills. Let's. That went up in smoke in 13 seconds. Thought I had it in the bag. I still am stunned. Now let's one. let's set the scene. Where were you? I was at a neighborhood bar not far from my house. Who, um, who are you with? Uh, friends or by yeah, yourself? just friends, just friends. And, and you know the Bills are struggling to kind of stay in the game the whole time. Yeah, I think Kansas City is kind of playing from ahead. It's actually not that great of a game until 
the final 225 or whatever. And then it was just, <laughs> it was just incredible. Like every time you looked up, the they were making incredible were scoring. plays, yeah. converting yeah. fourth downs, guys yeah. making catches that I've never heard of. Gabriel Davis. This is the frustrating part is, so this, I put the bet in on Saturday, 500 bucks at five to one on the bills. They got to win the Super Bowl. So what happens Saturday, the number one seed, the Tennessee Titans go down. Saturday night, yeah, up, all the one seeds wow. crap wow. their pants. Yeah. So they score this unlikely, they scored two unlikely touchdowns. There's 13 seconds to go. And what did you think? What did you think at that moment? All fans, but especially betters, are reflexively paranoid about yeah. thinking they got it. Did you think you had it? Yeah. You had it? There, was, there, there should never have been, there was not enough time for that to happen if Buffalo just does the right thing. So like are you celebrating? Are you slapping yeah. five with people? Over. It's over. You're it's ordering over. shots or what? It, that started way earlier in the day. <laughs> um, Dave, you cannot let those guys get a free release off the line of screen. Now, now could, could you, could you hear uh, Tony Romo and Nance at the bar? Well, was that I could hear, I could almost hear Romo. From, he's, he yells so much anymore. You can hear him from like miles away. Like no, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, after the kickoff, could you hear him say anything? No, no, I well, did. What he said was, and you probably never heard it. I mean, before that, Nance and Romo, it's a fait accompli. I mean, they're yeah. acting like you're acting like this is they're talking about it as a win yeah. for Buffalo. And then what are you thinking when they kick the ball off and kick it away? I had no problem with that, but as reporters I, I try to reflexively yeah. think ahead and act and, and try to, yeah. to replicate what the coaches are thinking and try to make my decision in real time to be fair to them. And I'm yeah. thinking, should you kick it away? Should you squib it? Should you pooch it? What should you do? And I thought in my mind, all right, 13 seconds, kick it away. You don't want, I don't know if Ty, I don't think Tyree Kill was back there, right? He was, he was not, but they have some other dangerous players, but yeah. I just think that 13 seconds is enough for three plays max, including the kick. If you kick it deep and you make the tackle, there's enough for two plays. And I just think that at some point you got to trust your guys. I, I was, that's not what I was mad about. I was just mad about there is no way I am letting 87 or Tyreek right, Hill right. even get the ball. But, but I, I'm taking I am slug I'm them taking this off sequentially. The line of I'm taking this sequentially. So did you consider what to do with the kickoff? In your yeah. mind. Yeah, I thought it was a 50-50 call. I mean, I think the yeah. percentages say if you keep if you make them return it, there's they the Mahomes has less time with the ball. Yeah, and then you, and then he's got seven seconds or yeah, instead, yeah, he can't run the guy one one. You know, with the way the rules are in the NFL, if you hold somebody or you mug somebody or you interfere with somebody, it's a spot foul. So if you just do it off the line of scrimmage, the worst you're going to give up is five or 15 yards and you're, you're, you're give they're giving up seconds. So I just don't know. I do not know why. I do not know why they didn't mug those guys at the line of scrimmage. Anyway, you didn't have any problem with the kickoff. Yeah. Romo said in real time, right after the kickoff went through the end zone, he goes, this is the first of any doubt that anyone expressed. He goes, I kind of would have preferred that they, 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 they pooched that in play line, drive it down to the five or 10. Yeah. But I understand this too. But I kind of would have preferred that because you got Mahomes back there. He said he said something exactly like that. But yeah. but then you got to trust a kicker not to kick it. I don't trust kickers. I don't trust kickers yeah. to do things that they that are out of their yeah. routine. 
And this is not something they, they probably practice it, but yeah. it's not something you do all the time and you might screw it up. It's not like now these guys are 48 yards on a field goal. They're automatic, yeah. but a, a pooch kick, they might kick it too short. Yeah. Then, then, then all of a sudden Kansas City's starting off at the 40. So you won't, you don't want that either. 44 yards in 12 seconds, man. It's tough to take. Yeah. And, and tough to take. anyway, um, that was not fun, but Ryan Bates started for the Bills. Chiefs have no one. But the, even the more phenomenal thing is, did you look up? Did you look up Robbie Gould's numbers? 20 for 20 in the, yeah. in the playoffs? Yeah. 20 for 20, 32 for 32 with extra points. The most accurate kicker with a minimum number of attempts in NFL history because he has never missed. And he's made some huge kicks. Did we mention this last week or I mentioned this? How about a kicker he was at Penn State? Yeah. Yeah, because I tweeted it out. Um, after the game, I was looking that, for his. It's hard to find him. Penn State stats don't really go back. That's hard to get his numbers at Penn State. No, I found him. Oh, yeah, yeah he yeah. was not that great. No, man, he was seventeen of twenty-two as a sophomore. That's good. Which is is very good back then. Yes, yeah. we're talking two thousand two, the big Zach Mills season when they went nine and four. Yeah, and lost to Auburn in the uh, Capital One Bowl. He was seventeen of twenty-two. Good season. But they've got a, a team with, with a functional offense. In 03 and 04 combined, <laughs> he was 16 of 29 yeah. on field goals and missed three extra points. So I remember being in an airport yeah. with, with you. his dad and his dad. Yeah. Do you remember that? We both yeah. talked to him, didn't we? Yeah. You, you, you stuck up the conversation first and. I don't you uh, somehow you you're good at getting parents to kind of talk about the, about their kids, good or bad. Where were we, Illinois, or I can't remember. What I mean, we I'm thinking it had to have been oh three or oh four. So there were Indiana. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was oh four, and I think it was probably after the last road game where they had the goal line stand <laughs> and won the game, and then went yeah. back and beat Michigan State in a rout and finished. Four and seven with that horrific offense. See, that was part of the problem because I don't think he had everything about that offense and special teams was dysfunctional. Uh, they had gone three and nine and four and seven during those seasons. I remember the snaps being bad, you know, the the holds not being great. And if that happens to a kicker, all right. of a sudden he becomes dysfunctional. You have to have routine and you have to have uh, guys who are regimented and know what they're doing and everything's the same. That's what is part of a good kicker. And they depend on those guys. So it wasn't all his far, fault. And, and yet 16 of 29. So I remember talking to Mr. Gold and you remember he was unfailingly positive. Yeah. And I remember him saying, he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And he, he really seemed to believe it. And I remember coming away from that thinking, well, at least his dad believes. <laughs> Dad's still in his corner. Yeah. 12, knew, eight, you know, 12 yeah. for 12 with the Niners, six for six with the Bears, two for two with the New York Giants. He's going to be called. He's going to, you know, he's going to be called on uh, this, uh, this Sunday in SoFi Stadium. Uh, the third meeting between the two teams. What did you think of with that 45 yarder? Who were you thinking of? Uh, well, the the guy for the Patriots in the in the his uh, mentor, his mentor Adam Vinatieri, yeah, who, yeah, who helped him, yeah, in in the Tuck Rule game, yes. also known as the Tuck Rule game, another anniversary, which I believe was a forty-seven yarder against the Raiders. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, to, to yeah that was a, another game, heavier, heavier snow. But that's what I was thinking because those were not easy conditions. 
Yeah. Of course, fields were different back then. Fields fields didn't have the good base, the sand yeah. base they've started using in the last 10 or 15 years. So that, that field was awful. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the Tampa Bay Rams game, just because there was a heavy Penn State presence in that that game. Nick Scott and Donald Smith. Troy Reader. Uh, who started at Penn State for a year and then he transferred to Delaware. When they announced his name in the starting lineup, he did not say Penn State. He said Delaware. I thought that was pretty cool. Also, Grant Haley got signed to the team. He was a, he was on their special teams as, a, as like a, a coverage guy. He had a couple tick of uh, tackles. Yeah, but Nick Scott had a great game. I don't know that he starts all the time, but he's like on the field a lot because they're in extra DB sets. Yeah, and, he was he was he was for a lot of the season. He was on special teams. Yeah, that's yeah. all he did. Do you, do, you, do you realize how close he was to Mr. Irrelevant? He was like three picks from Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant. He Good was the 29th him. pick in the seventh round. Donovan Smith did not have the best. No, man, yeah. that was sad because he was, well, what do you do against that? Don Miller, yeah. yeah, you got to help him. And even then, yeah. they, I thought they didn't help him enough. What a pickup for the Rams, right? Yeah, two, two second round picks. Plus they got to pay him a little bit. But yeah, they're all in on this. They're all in. Uh, and it might pay off this year because I think that I, you know, I, I said I liked the Bills last week. They uh, Rams are three and a half point favorites, even though the Niners won both games. Chiefs are seven at home against the Joe Burrows, who uh, of whom are they speaking that might beat those Bengals? That's what I'm <laughs> curious about. Um, when you talk about the guys who kind of really did not have great weekends, Donovan Smith, Ryan Tannehill, way up there with the uh, the punt team for the Niners. I know, I know, I know, Joe Herman. A, I, I thought of Joe Hermit watching with in the Ryan the Ryan Tannehill experience, reliving the Ryan Tannehill experience. <laughs> what does that tell you, man? I mean, really, the Titans had everything on their side. They're 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 they physically destroyed them at scrimmage, yes. man. They they look like the better team in just yeah. about every respect, but Except the Bengals one. have the better quarterback. They sure and do. He absorbs nine sacks, yeah, on the road, and they yeah. win. I mean, because he's just a tough mother. Yeah. You know what? I mean, he can only go like this for so long. You know that yes. they better yes. they better yes. fix this soon, or they're going to ruin this product. Oh my! And did you see who's on the right side? The right tackle. It was a famous guy in Penn State lore because they destroyed him in the 2016 game in, in State College. Also, the Grant Haley oh, will the score! Ohio. Isaiah oh. Prince was on the left side in that game, yeah. and he was getting boat raced the entire game, and JT Barrett couldn't get any peace, uh, partly because of Isaiah. I can't believe I, Isaiah Prince is in the league, actually. But that's the Bengals' right tackle. Yeah. And he was he he just is not capable of playing at that level. The right guard isn't much better, and they have to sink every conceivable resource into yeah. free agency and the draft 
and and protecting Joe Burrow. Or yeah. you're right, man. I mean, his it'll, days it'll, are numbered. You can't. You can let only him. take so many of those shots. Yes, you can't let that happen to him. Yeah. I mean, he was like Trace McSorley absorbing this stuff. You know. <laughs> I know. I know. I knew the Titans were going to be able to get after him. But uh, I didn't know, and and but the, they still, you know, Chase is a great player. Mixon's a great player. Their defense played well, but they he just they have to. I want the head coach, who's a former Nebraska quarterback, not a good one, but um, <laughs> he's got a he's got a he's got to find a way to protect him a little bit better because he can't have two more years of this. I'm you know not, what I mean? It has to get addressed. You're right. This off season, I'm not certain Zach Taylor's the answer uh, there. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy was, it's, I'm doing the, my Alan font again. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. <laughs> no one got that. Really, really dating myself. He was the Cincinnati offensive coordinator under Tommy Tuberville at UC five years ago. Tommy Tuberville, great politician. Great. And, <laughs> yeah. And failing. I mean, Sean McVay really resurrected his career. Am I yeah. wrong? Isn't, isn't that right. about it? That's yeah. right. And all of a sudden, he's he's the head coach. I just don't know, man. I don't know if he's the answer. Uh, but they've got to get someone to yeah. protect Joe Burrow. Or Zach, they're, they're just throwing exactly. away an yeah. incredible chance. And and you have a finite window with these guys. Yeah, I think I think I think you got to sit Zach down in a, in a big boy chair and have a talk with him and say, look. This this is the, this is it right here. This is the guy. No matter what, I don't I don't care about empty sets. I don't care about scoring thirty eight <laughs> points. Let's just score twenty seven points. Protect, yes. yes, and then maybe get some play some better defense. Yes. Otherwise, yes. it's going to be we're going to say goodbye to him after the twenty twenty five season. Yes, and and it's also up to Mike Brown, who is now I guess eighty five or something. Yeah, good and luck. They've all with the Bengals. The, you know, the Bengals were my team until I just. Kind of, I I haven't watched as you know that much NFL until the last couple of years. I started watching it again because it's become more fun. Yeah. I, am, am I wrong? I think these have been a couple it, of pretty good it's years. It's become more fun. Baseball, all the joy's gone out of baseball. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Other than other than hockey, basketball, and football, what else is there to watch? Yeah, but but it's a pretty good product right now. It uh, is. I think the rule changes have worked. Uh, downfield contact with receivers. No contact with quarterbacks. What would have happened to a Buffalo Bills quarterback running around, like, say, in the Jim Kelly era, <laughs> running around like the current Buffalo Bills quarterback did in that game? Yeah. Against what, if, what, what if he tried it against the 85 Bears? Like, what would happen? Well, even, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, yeah. what happens to him if he's running around then? I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. He Absolutely. no quarterback would do that back then, right? That's correct. And and that was because you would have gotten destroyed. You would have gotten destroyed by defenses back then. I mean, there were safeties sitting in, in the middle of the field in zone coverage, just waiting for somebody to catch the ball over the middle and just destroy him. They would they would be in concussion protocol, except there was no concussion protocol <laughs> back then. Quarterbacks who ran anywhere. I remember Ken Anderson once running across the sideline. He was well out of bounds and Glenn Edwards just coming up with a forearm 
there was a dirty player. You know, I think we talked about this before. There were certain guys. It, who who gets the big press among the the old Raiders and Steelers? It's Mel Blunt. It's George Atkinson. It's Jack Tatum. Mm-hmm. But then there were second and third bananas who were really even dirtier than those guys. <laughs> like Glenn he was almost killed team. John Gilliam in Super Bowl Nine on that. Yeah, Glenn, the, the ball went like a hundred <laughs> yards in the air. Glenn Edwards with the Steelers and Skip Thomas with the Raiders. Yeah, Dr. Those Death. guys, they were filthy players. And <laughs> anything went. I mean, Glenn Edwards wound up. Ken Anderson must have been a yard and a half out of bounds and just wound up with a forearm and hit him right under, right under the neck like this and just knocked him out. Just knocked out. I think he got up and got back in the game like the, a series later. But you don't know what happened to those guys back then. We had Terry Bradshaw. Didn't he come back in the game after throwing that pass to Swan in Super Bowl? No, 10? no, he didn't. He did not he come didn't? back. Okay. He had to finish up. He was in bad shape. Yeah, he was um, in bad shape. Dave, this is the 40-year anniversary of that Bengals 49ers game at Pontiac. Minus 100 degrees. It was the, the, I always, the Bengals, to me, as the game won, were the better team. But they fell behind so badly in that goal line stand. Ruined it for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk to... Uh, their weight training guy back then named Kim Wood because the Bengals, the Bengals, they just know stuff about the Bengals and why not write it now? Because you might not ever get a chance. Nothing else is going on, but Pryder Lehigh university. Well, there, the, this is an opportunity to kind of delve back into that stuff. And the, the, the game before that, the freezer bowl game, Against the, against the Chargers, this last weekend was the was well. I guess I guess the Super Bowl was was played a lot earlier back yeah. then. So, but but technically, we're talking about the uh, divisional playoff round, and that Freezer Bowl game is is as cold as it's ever been in an NFL game. The Ice Bowl in Green Bay with Dallas in 1967 gets all the pub, but actually the Freezer Bowl game with the Bengals Chargers, the AFC Championship, which was 40, 40 years ago this month much much more intense it was nine below with a 30 mile an hour wind coming through the portal of riverfront stadium i mean the plastic was like cement they would open the doors on in in the on on the floor level of riverfront when the chargers had the ball so the wind was in their face and it was pouring when when dan fouts and Kellen Winslow and those guys who, yeah. mind you, had just gotten done with that Miami. epic game in Miami where they were playing in 88 degrees and humidity. Now they're in nine below and a, a wind chill factor of 39 below in Cincinnati. James Brooks played so bravely in that game for the Chargers that that Paul Brown acquired him the next year. And he was he was on that uh, the, the, the Boomer Esiason teams. Yeah. He was um, a really good player. But yeah, I mean, we're, I guess we're a step away from another 49ers uh, Bengals Super Bowl. That would be the third. People in Cincinnati uh, would tell you that the 81 team probably, I believe they were favored against the 49ers because that was the 49ers' first year on the big stage with Bill Walsh and no one really trusted them. The Bengals had been pretty good for a while. Uh, they were favored in that game, but... Too many yeah, mistakes. Too many mistakes. Circumstances conspired. A, a goal line stand. Danny. Danny Bunce. What? What did he do? I can't remember what he did. Yeah, he Danny was like Bunce. a. He was like a linebacker. They. I think they. He was like intercepted a, a pass. Linebacker. 
Yeah. I think Archie Reese made a big play for the 49ers yeah. Yeah. in that thing too. But Pete Johnson, how does he not score? Like well, the guy was 300 pounds. Did you know Pete Johnson's name really isn't Pete Johnson? I think we're going to have to save that for next week. <laughs> the way that these stories are going, David. Did, did you know he was like 20? He was 25 <laughs> when he was recruited by John Johnson, the trainer of Buster Douglas, who was then one of Woody's assistants. Yeah. He, how he how doesn't he score? Indeed. Yeah. Are you going to root for the Bengals this week? Of course. I mean, I, I wrote about it last week. I've divorced from them long ago, so you can't act like you're back on the bandwagon. Not That's a violation. You're not allowed back on not it. Not allowed back, but I can smile for, from afar like a father who's left the family. And I can't call up. I can't ask for money, but I can I can smile from afar and be proud. Be proud of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for them. They were, are they, they, were are, they the early, are they the early game, I think, because the, the West Coast game's late? That makes okay. sense, but you know, nothing the no. NFL ever necessarily yeah. does. The Bills should be in the game. The they Bills an, should be in the game. They got an algorithm that, that that we don't understand. All right, Penn State fans, we promise we're going to have more Penn State news the next time. Dave and I talk, but hey, look, it's a slow week. We had to talk about the playoffs. The Rams have a ton of Penn State guys in their in their game, and Robbie Gould twenty for twenty, incredible in the postseason. Will will the streak continue? Will he make it to the Super Bowl? Could it be the Niners and the Bengals? How how about that for a Super Bowl pairing? Yeah, as long as it, I don't have to relive Joe Montana to John Taylor again, I'll be I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish my Andouille. It looks so good. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Dave. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live.